Timing is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Yeah. Why are you embarrassed to Jewish race? I like that I start the recorder right there. Hey there, folks. It's Ian Levenstein. It's Comic Timing. I'm, I don't even know what episode it is, but I'll probably, you know, write that in the intro, so that's all you really need. We're here at uh, Special Edition NYC, and uh, Raph's here. Hi, Raph. Oh, hey, Ian. Chris is here. Hi, Chris. You're a slob, Ian. You're damn right I am. <laughs> so so this is the first time they're doing this, this whole Special Edition thing in, in June. How, how, how was it, Raph? Did you enjoy it? Was it a good day? Did you have a good time? Did you enjoy it? Was it a good day? Did you have a good time? Yes. Pretty much. And yes. Yes, pretty much. And yes. Okay. All right, good. Well, it's kind of like, it basically is the artist alley to New York Comic Con. It is, and it's... Nowhere near as busy as New York Comic Con at any point in the last two years, and I'm so glad. Not as a retailer, but as a person who hates dealing with huge crowds. Yeah. I'm just done with huge crowds. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed there's been some crowds in a few of the aisles, but by now there's nobody around. I know a lot of the artists are complaining about business. The biggest crowd I saw was when we were walking through the uh, exhibitors portion of the hall, and there was, like, a huge crowd around one of the booths that was selling toys. And I feel like people are like, oh, comic show, I'll take the kids. The kids don't want to look at, you know, no offense to our friend Brian J. Glass over there, but they don't want to look at Furious because that's right. not a kid's book. Sure. You know, or I'm looking around to see who else is nearby. Shaolin Cowboy, that actually sounds awesome. That does sound awesome. It's Jeff Darrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what kids want to see. But then they walk by a booth and they're like, oh, my God, it is a BMO plush and I want a BMO plush. And that, yeah. so those booths are getting a little bit overrun. And the parents are, of course, regretting coming here because <laughs> there's, like, nothing for them to do. It's like, there's not a lot of superheroes yeah. here. And, and there's not a lot of panels either. I mean, uh, all the panels took place earlier today. And uh, at this point, there's, there's really nothing to, to go to other than the floor itself. So that, that that's an issue. You can put the tape in my butt. <laughs> Bad BMO. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's not much. I mean, that's the thing. I, it's comics only for next year. If they do it again next year, I think you could expand a little on the on the panels. You mm-hmm. can probably. Yeah. Uh, they, they, want... they were they were conservative with this year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they didn't want to do too much too fast. I think. I don't want to expand the space. This is good. Well, well, no, they they don't have to. You know, that's isn't that kind of the whole point of this? Is that this is supposed to be like the artist and comic base show as opposed to New York Comic Con? I really think they're kind of targeting Wizard and other similar shows yes. with this because they know people go to those and it's a very low quality experience. Yes. It's dirty. It's crowded. It's overpriced. There's celebrities that, of course, you know, people like celebrities, but at the same time, it just kind of trashifies the show a bit. Right. I mean, this is very... It's clean in here. It's well-organized. There's these nice banners. I actually know... There's aisle 100 through 500, which has got to be the smallest Comic-Con I've been to in a long-ass time. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of Reed saying, hey, there's a hole that we can fill. There's it's easy pickings when it comes to taking on Wizard and other similar shows. Right. Especially since Big Apple Comic-Con is a hive of scum and villainy. I don't... Is there even a Big Apple Con this year? You know, I'm not even sure. Uh, it was this time last year. Yeah. And it was down where I used to live, where my mom lives now. And it was pathetic. Yeah. Like, it was... This would have been it, the peak of that show. Really? That's how many people showed up. Well, I mean, I mean, you remember the one that we all went to at the pier. Oh. 
And I mean, that one was, was actually like large in size. It just, no one went to it. Because it was in the middle of nowhere. Yes, it was. And I, like, I remember Adam West was like the saddest thing about that. How like, he was just sitting there like, hello, I'm Adam West. I was Batman. Hello. At one point, I think I did get to get him to sing his own name. So for a while, there he was going, Adam West. Adam West. Are you sure that wasn't in your own head? That might have been in my own head. <laughs> you poor thing. At least you're getting Brian J.L. Glass laughing next to us. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still here. You thought you had enough of me in the last podcast. But, yeah, now that this guy's talking and losing it on Adam West, I just had to step in and defend the honor of my main Batman. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer to Birdman yet? Bird- I have not. Birdman, starring Michael Keaton as a former superhero actor who is slowly losing his mind. Maybe <sighs> Michael Keaton. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, and, and I mean, the trailer, I mean, Chris, you can attest, like, it was actually a well, a well-done trailer. The movie could be absolute shit. But it has good actors in it, and it was shot beautifully. You can tell that from the trailer. Yeah. The director worked on it. What well, he was uh, with the the Los the Perro, I can't remember. Amores Perros. Yes. And uh, other movies that I can't remember. Babel. Yeah, except Babel was a stupid movie. <laughs> you haven't seen. I Babel. haven't seen it, but you I've told me about Babel. it. Yeah. That is a movie. That is literally. That movie is literally like the first world problems movie, which is funny when you consider that part of it is set in like Morocco. <laughs> so it's first world problems in third world countries. Yes. Wow. The only I, I remember there was the, the Mexican cleaning lady, or whatever, and she needed to go to her son's wedding, but. Her employers, which were Brad Pitt and was it Kate Blanchett, were terrible people who had just gotten shot. The stories are all interconnected, and it's it's a movie that's really proud of how deep it is. <laughs> I didn't hate the movie, but it was just kind of like everyone in this movie is a dipshit, except for the Mexican lady. It was a tower of dipshits. No. <laughs> no. I go home. My son graduates. No. Let us remind everyone, this is indeed Two Hour Sleep Wrath. You might be familiar with him from such podcasts as Megacon, or CGS Super Show, or CGS 300. Or the Two Hour Sleep Podcast. <laughs> My parents are dead? Wow! I just walked around in a circle, and now I've come back. That, that, well, my that, parent is dead. Yeah. That's not, oh, that's not oh, too, too soon, too soon, too soon, too soon, too soon. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, By the way, it, there was a Big Apple Comic Con Spring Edition. When did this happen? <laughs> Last month, May. Wow. I didn't even know it existed. No one noticed. Oh, it was at the New Yorker Hotel. I do remember it. What? Big Apple Comic Con is the Meg of New York Comic Conventions. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's the Anne of New York Comic no, Conventions. it's the Meg. Yeah. Think about it. Oh, God. <laughs> Shut up, Big Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that show is done. We didn't let Big Apple Comic Con out of the basement until you were born. <laughs> Shut up, Big Apple. Get, uh, get back in your cage. We, we, we did we did get some good stuff here at least uh, I mean I, I got some tune tumblers uh, one for your mom and one for us uh, just uh, X-Men and, uh, and Storm you got some uh, some prints we got some prints yeah I didn't buy prints you bought prints yeah I, I bought the artist formerly known as prints actually uh, 
<laughs> thank you, thank you. I bought two Archer prints, uh, one of Archer and one of Ham. So that, that that's pretty good. Uh, what did you get? Uh, some books that I probably could have bought at New York Comic Con, but now I have them in June instead of October. And that's special edition NYC, ladies and gentlemen. And that's something also that, that some of the artists have, uh, have mentioned to me, is that they don't know if they're going to be able to do both shows. And this might be the only year they do special edition NYC because of that, because essentially they're cannibalizing their own business, you know, going to both shows. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't know, because that's interesting, because... I mean, the show is going to draw 130,000 people no matter what in October. So I wonder, I mean... But it's going to be it's, it's going to be a decent amount of the same people. Right. But the thing is, maybe Artist Alley suffers, but I don't think the show floor suffers. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I mean, well, because the show floor is not here, so yeah. Right. And then the artists are here. And if... if, 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 if the worst case scenario, they just don't rent the North Pavilion and we don't have an Artist Alley, which probably would never happen because... It's not going to happen. It's always going to be someone that some artist is going to do something, you know? Well, I mean, in New York, generally, you don't, if you're an artist, you don't have very many choices for your hometown, you know, for your nearby shows and stuff you can travel to really quickly. Because you can do Mocha, but Mocha is supposed to be small press, independent, you know, self published type stuff. Right. And then here is supposed to be where people like Chris Anka, who I got to talk to, you know, come and, you know, like, hi, I illustrate Uncanny X-Men now. Or, you know, I saw Kurt Busiek at the end of one of the uh, aisles. Mm-hmm. No one at his table. Oh, man. Oh, I, want to see I have never yeah. seen anyone at his That's, table the entire time I've been God, here. I, I should, we should fucking go over there right now, man. If he's over there. He's, he's Kurt Busiek. Dude wrote everything. He's damn good. He put Darkhawk in the Avengers for 13 seconds. That was the best moment of my life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Darkhawk gets no respect. Yeah, he no doesn't respect. get any respect. You want to know why? Because he doesn't deserve it. Exactly. But that's fine. It's fine. He, he had 13 seconds of it, and I'm damn proud of him. Yeah, come on. They made him a, they made him a cosmic hero, and that's not too bad. So like eight, 18 seconds, and then they were 22. Him. 22 seconds. Come on. They forgot about him. Yeah. And then Avengers Arena almost killed him. Yeah. What'd you pick up, other than, like, your 847 million uh, Turtles uh, prints you got? Uh, well, I got the Turtles prints. I got an Electra print. Uh, I got I got a couple of books. I got that book, um, the Monkey the Monkey King book, which uh, so did I. you'll hear later, Yep, I guess, or just... Later. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, I finally, for the first time in my life, have a complete set of all four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. Yeah, that was that's actually when you found me is when I bought all four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Out of box. Out of box. I don't really care. They're gonna go on display. I don't yeah. give a. You're just gonna pose them and make elaborate dioramas and stuff. Cause, cause that's what I do. Cause I'm Batman. <laughs> We're not going there. <laughs> Exhausted, exhausted raft memes. Let's go, let's go. Come on, animated GIF me. You know, the best part of it is, is that like half of the people listening to it right now are like, God, I'm gonna have to go back to the fucking archives and know what the hell they're talking you know, about. Like, like, if they've been listening long enough, they know about all this. If you haven't yeah. been listening long enough, yep. man, you really missed out on some good, stupid, ridiculous times. It's true, it's true. And that's and that's what we're having here, man. The stupid, ridiculous fun. And, man, I can't wait to take over as co host because once Brent has that baby, he's gone. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the views expressed by Raf Suhu are not necessarily the views expressed by Comic Timing or its affiliates. 
This episode is sponsored by DCBS, <laughs> Discount Comic Book Service. Check them out at DCBService.com, where you can get the best deals on all of your comic books. 50% off on Marvel and DC hardcovers, and 40% off of Marvel, DC, Image, and Dark Horse comics, and great deals on independence as well. That's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. We thank them very much for their sponsorship. Um, until I take over as co-host. Until you take over as co-host. Thank you. Thank you. You know who also doesn't get any respect? Who? Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Meg. Oh, she's just an Ethel. Uh, oh my God! Wow, bringing it back. That, that is a super inside joke. Uh, any any final thoughts on the show itself before we go into the interviews? I like it. I don't think it's sustainable, honestly. But I like it. I like a change of pace show like this. All right. Any final thoughts? Need more panels. Agreed. Very agreed. Like, I could go to Mocha, and they have panels, but they're so ancillary to the show, and they're always about things I don't give a crap about. Yeah. I wouldn't mind more superhero-focused panels, which they have at the main show, but and also are not super crowded. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can, just, I can use a break from walking around these four, five aisles. Yeah. This is Javits North, though. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, I mean, they're, they're using Javits North to mostly its capacity, except for the empty table that you two are sitting at right now. What do you mean? Oh, empty tables yeah. and booths and that other booth and that other booth. Um, there's a table over there that a guy is just camping at, and he's, like, doing commissions and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, he's wow. across from... I think he's the aisle behind us. Yeah, wow. Uh, that's that's kind of sad. That's kind of sad. Oh, do you guys want to talk X-Men at all before we before we uh, move on, or do we want to make that a separate episode? I'd probably be better as a separate... All right, separate episode. So so that'll, that'll be to come uh, an X-Men episode. I don't know if Raph will be there for it, because it might just be me and Chris just talking, but uh, but we'll see about that. Or maybe if we're bored during Daisy Maze. Like we'll, stu- yeah. we'll, we'll, be, we'll be stuffing barbecue into our mouths and uh, talk about X-Men. We'll see about that. Wolverine should... Oh, that's so good. Kitty Pride with... Stop sounding like Bill Cosby. Uh, so, so, so yeah, there's there's interviews to come. Check them out. Uh, Raph did some of them, so I don't even know how any of those turned out. I might be afraid to listen to those. You got who? Who'd you get again? You got Andrew Charpar and who Andrew else? Andrew Charpar and uh, that the eight bit guy Victor. I forgot his last name. Cool. Right. Uh, two Andrew Charpars. One of them's a Man of Steel discussion. So enjoy that. Oh one. my God, Brent! Don't listen to this episode. <laughs> All right, check it out, and uh, we'll be back for the wrap-up. This is Raph here for Comic Timing for Ian uh, at the New York Comic Con Special Edition. I am here with Victor Dandridge. Basically, the last two New York Comic Cons, this one and the one in uh, October of 2013, he's been responsible for one of the coolest things I've ever seen, which is the 8-Bit Challenge. Basically, you, pay, you, you, you put up your money, you put up a shut-up, you figure out... Who, he has a huge th- uh, poster, and you have to figure out at least 10 of the guys on the poster to win a prize. Anyway, here's Victor Dandridge. Hello, hello. This is Victor Dandridge of Vantage In-House Productions with my 8-Bit Pixel Art Designs. Raffi here killed over here on it. I mean, he, he smashed it. This is, what, your second time doing this? Second time doing it. Nicely done. Like, uh, now, what did you pick? You got uh, the Mark One Iron Man? I got the Mark One Iron Man. I think I got Nick Fury last time. Nicely done. I have to admit, like, you, you handled this like a pro. Even the challenge pieces I thought might stumble you up didn't slow you down at all. You did very, very well. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I've only been doing this for like 20-something years, you know. <laughs> so, Victor, um, what made you come up with the 8-Bit Challenge? 
So basically what it was was I had all these different designs and I wanted to put them up on like a banner and what I found were people would really get into just seeing who they could name. And so what I wanted to do was make it something that would be you know, lucrative for me while people stood there and tried to name stuff. So I give them a prize for their efforts and their knowledge and that's how the Ava Challenge was born. Yeah, it's an, it's an awesome challenge. If you ever see Victor at a con, definitely take it up. It's a cool thing. What else are you doing uh, besides the 8-Bit Challenge stuff? So I'm also a self-publisher. Um, right now I've got a book on deck called uh, Kindergartians. Um, it's from the Wonder Care series, which is kind of a, a fun little all-ages series. Um, this one in particular takes... I don't know, superheroes that are, that are little kids, right? So it's essentially Muppet Babies meets the Justice League, and it's little kids with powers trying to learn how to cope with both their powers and each other and kind of have little fun adventures the whole way. While also being children. Exactly, exactly. I've got Justin Castaneda on the, uh, on the art duties on that one, and he's killing it. Um, I'm so excited for this one. Look for it. Uh, the official release will be in July. Cool. So um, uh, going to the con real quick, how do you feel about the special edition of New York Comic Con so far? I have to admit, this one, I, I didn't know what to expect, you know? I mean, New York Comic Con is one of my favorite shows. It's huge. And this one seems very intimate, like a very intimate version they're in, but still well-packed, well, you know, attended by both, you know, a, a con-goers as well as talent. So this one, I think, is going to be a long-standing thing for them because it seems like a nice little change of pace from the typical New York where people can actually talk to us and, and have some fun with us and it's not overly crowded. And breathe. Yes, breathing is necessary because seriously, New York show makes it tough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I personally, as a as someone who's worked retail, who works in Midtown Comics, uh, I love this. I love this. It's open. It's free. And it's not as crazy. Uh, where can people look you up if they wanted to check out more of your stuff? Sure, sure. You can look me up at uh, vantageinhouse.blogspot.com. And you can definitely follow me at Twitter, at Vantage Inhouse. I'm there all the time. Drop me a line. Tweet me. I tweet in public. I don't care. I'm that guy. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, definitely check out Victor's stuff. I love his stuff. I'm a huge fan now. So, uh, thanks a lot, Vic. Thank you. Look. Look with your special eyes. My brand. And it's Raph again here for Comic Timing at New York Comic Con Special Edition, and I'm here with... Andrew Charper. Andrew! So, uh, what brings you to town? What's that? What brings you to town? Oh, this little silly comic convention that they're having here at the Javits Center. The uh, Special Edition New York Comic Con. How's it been for you so far? It's been very interesting. We've had... I, be honest with you, whenever I come up to New York, I visit friends, I see friends, I have a great time. Whether the Comic-Con is great or sucks, I still end up having a great time. So I told Todd yesterday, he's the guy I'm staying with, that if I left yesterday, I still would have been happy. Well, you're welcome for that, because clearly it's all about my animal, ma- like I said, my animal magnetism, my charisma that makes all this go around. But uh, what have, have you been? What have you been up to? I haven't seen you in a while. Just been drawing, uh, living life. Uh, I have two teenage going on adult children who uh, keep me rather busy and I don't have time to focus on everything I want to focus on but I've been trying to do a lot of drawing and getting ready right I keep telling myself as soon as this show's over with I'm going to go back to focus on doing comics again so you never know a couple months from now you might be able to see something from me cool well yeah I mean the kids thing that, that's scary isn't it like like me and me and my girlfriend are talking about having kids this is going to turn into a, a kids cast now not we're not talking about comics no more right and it, just the idea like watching him go up and go to college and do all these things and you know how much do you hold on to him how much do you let go yeah and I know for a fact my daughter's not going to listen to this so <laughs> the fact is she now has a boyfriend so I of course have to start manipulating and, and making her feel 
comfortable and so that she makes sure she tells us everything that we need to know, but also have to keep our mitts in her and control over her. She doesn't think we have any control over her. So it's a very hard job to maintain that. So. Right, that seething rage you feel underneath that you just have to hide. Because uh, my, my girlfriend's always been like, yeah, yeah you know, you're not, because I'm going to I'm gonna put our daughter in a monastery if we have a daughter. And it's just it's just absolutely crazy. Like, I don't know how I'm going to handle any of this. It's just, they, they're going to grow up, they're going to get older. Sure, you know, they're like little and everything. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. We're just talking about kids. Why are we talking about kids on the comic book podcast? Because Ian is stupid enough to hand me his his uh, his recorder and allow me to continue like this, like a nonsense, just because it's Andrew and just because we uh, we can hang out. I don't know. What, 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 <laughs> I, 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 my mind's a blank slate. You say something and I'll, I'll, I'll hit off it. I guess... Um, oh, God, I can smell the smoke from here. I know. If people are looking for you, where can they find you? You mean this weekend? Well, I mean, no, I mean, like, online and the internet. When, when after this recording is done and people are like, hey, this Andrew Sharpark guy sounds really cool. The main place to find me is my website, which is misfitcorner.com. That leads you to my blog. Uh, you can also try Misfit Corner Press or Misfit Corner Comics. They all lead to the same place. And I'm active on Facebook, so if anybody wants to look for me there, they can find the link through the, the website, misfitcorner.com. And uh, which conventions are you going to be doing uh, this, this, this season? Well, this was actually going to be the, the precursor for the rest of the year, but those plans have all been changed as of this weekend because uh, we didn't get a table at New York. Oh. So we, I'm, the, the idea now is to maybe focus on more uh, local shows because I'm from Florida, and I've already talked to Wayne Cordova. Uh, we're talking about maybe doing something in August at the Tampa Con and maybe some other conventions locally. My face will not disappear into the, into the darkness. I will be around. All right, well, in that case, for all you um, Floridian uh, listeners and anyone in the Florida area, please, if you see Andrew's name at a convention and you see him sitting there, come up to him. He does incredible sketches. He does a great job with what color and black and white. He is one of my favorite people. He's a terrific guy. He's a wonderful man, good parent, better parent than I ever will be because, seriously, I'm going to lock my children up and never they're never touching my toys. They can get their own toys if they want, not touching my stuff. Uh, just watching them grow up, and then I gotta learn to drive soon. It's just, oh. You know, Raph must have thought I wasn't going to listen to the episode before I edited it and put it together. I'm on to you, Suhu. All right? You hear me? I am completely on to you. You turning my show into the Raph Radio or the life of Raph or the life of Suhu or whatever the hell you're calling your blog now, talking to Charapar, making it all about yourself with your with your needing to learn how to drive and all that jazz. This is not a comic timing extra point, because if it was a comic timing extra point, it would just be me on it. It's my show, not your show. You wanna talk all about Raph, go ahead and start your own podcast. Like I said, I'm on to you, buddy. This has been a wrestling shoot. We now return to Raph, talking to Charbar, trying to form coherent thoughts into one piece of a sentence that will not run on forever like this one is. Rah! I don't, I don't drive. I'm a New Yorker. Oh, well, my daughter's 19 and has a boyfriend and goes to college and has two jobs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just... It just... I don't know. In this city, you don't need, you never need to drive. Public transportation takes you everywhere. You can ask Ian. Ian's had his driver's uh, permit for like 
since I think the Clinton administration. I don't even know anymore. Well, if you ever run into my daughter, ask her how many times she's been in a car accident. That's got to hurt the... for the response, but they weren't my fault. <laughs> They're never your fault, but the insurance company never cares. Well, I told her, I said, how many times have you said that to me? How many times have you said, Dad, it wasn't my fault? You start to realize that maybe it might have been. All right, see, we're going to the kids now again. Yeah, I know. This is the, the comic timing kids cast. Uh, but that's it. Um, just if you see Andrew at a convention, say hi. Get a, get, a, get a sketch. Do something. Hang out with him. Ask him if I'm really this crazy all the time. He'll tell you. All right. All right, Ian. This is your fault. This is all your fault. I have nothing to do with this. You gave me the power. You didn't give me any of the responsibility. Damn you, Uncle Ian. Come on. Let me hear you say it just once. You're insane. No! <laughs> no, the other thing. Superman will not... Actually, we're back with Andrew because I haven't really left him. And uh, we, we've actually had a very good conversation that I didn't record because that's how I roll. So uh, we're actually talking about Man of Steel right now. And for those of you, I wasn't on that Comic Timing episode, but uh, I'm sure the guys alluded to it. And I haven't finished listening to it because I haven't listened to anything in a while. And I apologize. I humbly apologize. But I hate the movie. I hate everything it stands for. And if I could pick a movie to die in a fire, it'd be that one. But Andrew's making a point about Lois Lane. I'm going to make a point that is going to turn Raph around completely on Man of Steel, at least in one aspect. Okay? Here's my argument. The one part of that movie that I liked, loved the most, was their depiction of Lois Lane. And the reason is, is because we've been told for generations that she is this hard-nosed, you know, journalist, like, digs deep, gets all the... You know, she's, she is like the epitome of... The, 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 the journalist for the people. You know, she's out there digging in, getting the information, and finding it out. And in all the other incarnations, especially the movies, she's an idiot. She doesn't know Superman standing right smack in front of her. You know, a pair of glasses and she's fooled. How dumb is she supposed to be? That's how dumb they told us. But in this movie... She finds out this information about somebody doing something, and she starts digging in. And she figures out who he is before he even becomes Superman. In my mind, that is exactly how I expect it to happen. I don't like the idea of the lovesick journalist falling in love with Superman, and all of a sudden now she's blind to the fact that he's wearing glasses and standing right next to her, you know? She's not that stupid. The movie gave her brains, gave her intelligence, and I think those are both the same thing. And showed us that she is exactly what we've always known her to be, the hardcore journalist. And at the very end, where he shows up at the Daily Planet, and she smiles, and he smiles, and you you and I are in on the joke, and we know that she knows, and he knows that she knows, it was a perfect ending. She was the only reason to go see that movie again, fast forward through everything else. Now you can't say you hate it completely. Oh, and she can actually spell in this movie, too. Because that was the, that was the running joke in the Christopher Reeve movie, she can't spell. My thing, though, is, and, and this is, I don't want to talk about Man of Steel anymore because it breaks my heart. The big thing is, here's the thing. He, he snaps Zod's neck, spoilers, and then right after that, he, he does his little cry or whatever, and Lois holds him. And then after that scene, he destroys a $12 million probe and goes... Don't follow me, bro. Just trust me. You just you just destroyed an entire city. Your people destroyed an entire city. No one has any right to trust you, and you expect this guy to trust you? 
and you don't you don't you don't seem to feel any guilt or remorse over what happened. You just go, hey, bro, that's not cool, man. Don't follow me. Just trust me. All right, bro. Like like that's totally cool and everything. But bro, I gotta go get a six pack. I'll see you later, bro. Like no. This is not how it works. There's no remorse in him. And then he goes to see his mom, and there's nothing there either. It's just like, oh, we're proud of you, blah, blah, blah. We knew this was going to happen. There's no, I kill, I let those people die. I let this die. I, there's no responsibility in him. There's no, res- Peter Parker is nothing but responsibility. Everything is his fault in his life. You know, like, <laughs> he, this is Superman. It's the, the scale is higher with him. The scale, the, the threat level is higher with him. Everything, he's got to, he doesn't care. Raph, the movie you're describing is like an 18-hour movie. We don't have that much time to fill in all the dark and brooding, oh, my God, look what I, no, yeah, yeah, uh, nope, they, they got to revamp it for, it's, it's Hollywood. They got to revamp it for everybody. And remember, 99% of the Hollywood people out there watching movies are the, the not Hollywood people but the people watching movies are dumb. They got to hold their hands, got to walk them through the whole thing all over again as many times as they think is necessary. You got to remember, we are the smartest people in the room. Everybody else should be afraid of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just tired of being the smartest person in the room and the most brilliant and the most be- the best looking and the most charismatic. I'm tired of this stuff. I just want to be a normal person again. I can't. I can't go back. There's no going back. All right, you know that. That's that's a little tidbit for you. Andy. You having fun now? You really enjoying it in this end in this episode? Cause I am. I'm enjoying it. He's online getting tickets for the next Comic Con. All right, that's it. I'm sparing you. Lana. 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 What? <laughs> Danger zone. Well, I stole the mic back from Raph, and I'm here uh, at Special Edition NYC. Isn't it so special? It's so special. The franchise. The franchise. Jerry Gaylord is here with me at Special Edition. How special is Special Edition, man? It's pretty special. Yeah. Quite special indeed. Yeah. Special in a good way? Oh, yeah. Definitely special in a good way. <laughs> it's New York special. There you go. You from around here? No, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Uh, do, you, do you hit the uh, New York shows every year? Or? I do, yeah. Uh, I'm, well, obviously, this is my first time here, but I, I've right. done New York for the last maybe four years in a row. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, so you've seen the, uh, the avalanche of growth that it has had. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been tremendous. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's, it's great to see, uh, you know, just all the fans having a good time. Yeah. As we transition forward, Loki rock and ro- Ragnarok and roll. Um, well, Loki, uh, he exists in a um, in a realm with all the other gods in creation. Every other god that's ever existed, they're they're all together, and um, Loki basically gets banished from Asgard to Earth and sort of to punish his uh, his other uh, gods. He embraces humanity instead of um, sort of being upset and you know. Uh, the usual kind of thing that you might expect. He just right. he embraces it. He jumps into rock and roll, and he's having a good time. Okay. So very different Loki than what than what we would be familiar with if say we know Loki from Marvel. Yeah, I think our Loki is um, he's more he's a little more human, a little more well rounded. Mm-hmm. He's still a trickster for sure, um, but he's not. I mean, he's as, as the protagonist of our story. I'd say maybe what you might think of traditional Loki and Thor is kind of switched. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Uh, and, and how many issues are out of uh, Loki right um, now? Number four comes out on uh, next Wednesday. Fantastic. Great. Uh, collection to follow, I assume? 
Um, yeah, yeah, because uh, number four is the final issue, and then um, the trade will come out probably in about three months after that. Awesome. And uh, and Fanboys vs. Zombies available in trade as well, I believe, right? I think I've seen it around. There are four volumes available now, and um, the fifth and final volume should come out in about maybe three or four months. And and if you're a fan of Fanboys and Zombies, you're probably going to want to quadruple up because that's the way fanboys work. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Get it in as many forms as possible. <laughs> and it's also good if you get it in hardcover, then you can use it to kill a zombie if a zombie comes right up to you. There you go. That's it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> where, where can they find out more about your work, Jerry? Um, you can find me on the franchise with a Z live.com or identitycomics.com um, with my other studio mates, Penelope Gaylord, Brian Turner, and. Um, generally on the interwebs nice how long has the studio been growing um we've been going for about uh seven years now oh wow nice yeah nice well it's good it's good to have brothers in arms uh, working with you all over the place it's the only way to get work done damn skippy (laughs) all right jerry well thanks for your time man and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend awesome thanks for having me no problem comic timing will probably continue probably maybe all right, we return here at Special Edition NYC. I, I love saying that for some reason. I'm here with Wesley's son. Wesley, how's your weekend been going so far? So far, it's been good. This is my first time in New York, and it's been a good show. Really? Where, where are you from? I'm from Chicago. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. I was just there uh, like two weeks back. Really? What for? Uh, just a visit. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, having a, having a good time. We stayed at an Airbnb on the Brown Line, not too far from the Loop. So, oh, okay. uh, so just you know, hung out, went to a few different uh, museums, and uh-huh. ate white pigs. That's excellent. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a good city to eat white pigs. That's a good. You did the right thing. Yeah. Well, we we had to, we had to hit uh, hot dogs before it closed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You good, been? Good call. I actually have not. The line's always been too long, but I oh, need yeah. to get in there before it shuts down. We, we were it's legendary. Oh in my Chicago, god! Please, you know? yeah, no. We, we we actually started our vacation midweek uh-huh. just to ensure that we'd actually be able to get some stuff done when nobody else was around. Mm-hmm. So that worked out well. Tell us a little bit about uh, what what you're uh, pimping here. It's a uh, special edition. Absolutely. So I am here with my brother, although he's not here at the table right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother Brad and I together are Sun Brothers Studios. Okay. We're a comic book self publishing company based out of Chicago. Nice. Um, we've got three books out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, our first comic, our first graphic novel, Chinatown, came out at the end of 2012. Okay. It's a surreal haunted house story mm-hmm. about a little girl who goes missing in Chinatown. All right. uh, our follow-up book, Apocalypse Man, is sort of our uh, subversive response to the oversaturation of, uh, of zombie literature in popular <laughs> culture. Uh, it's, it's the book that, um, of all of our books, that have all been pretty well received, but it's the one that is most often asked if we're going to do a sequel, uh-huh. and, and some of the best praise we get for it is when people come up to us and say, thank you for writing an original zombie story, because, you know, it's getting a little stale oh, out there. yeah, no, please. I mean, you can, you, can only, you can only read zombies running after you so many times. It's true, it's true. So it was our chance. You know, the, the good thing about, uh, about a genre oversaturating the market is uh-huh. you can then play with people's expectations you know when there are tropes and there are conventions that get overplayed Mm -hmm. you can start to twist them around and that that's a lot of fun yeah um and then the 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 book i'm most jazzed about is uh monkey fist yeah which came out just a month ago after uh, another successful kickstarter campaign which is how we put out our books Uh, monkey fist is a very loose retelling of the monkey king stories Mm -hmm. from chinese literature yeah but instead of a journey to the west through mystical china it's set in a modern day fast food restaurant (laughs) yeah so does he work there? Uh, he works there, decides one day he needs to know where the burgers come from, 
oh, yeah. travels downtown to the corporate headquarters and goes on a pretty magical adventure. <laughs> after that. Uh, one of your colleagues just handed me money and picked up Monkey Fist. This Ra- has been a very, very productive interview. So that, that, far. that would be Rafsu who, who buys everything he sees. Really? So that's yes. I, Stick I, around I, this table. There's I love supporting tape. everyone that's independent. Oh, just, thank you. So thank more. you very much. That's fantastic. More. That's fantastic. Soon to be leaving his job at Midtown Comics. <laughs> So he needs to find out where the uh, where the food's coming from. Yeah, that's right. Please tell me this is not a silent green as people. No, no, this is okay. not a silent green. And this is not even. I, I think. I think when I pitch it, people are like, "Oh, so this is some social commentary about the fast food industry or something." Like that. It, it's not. I mean, I think that really, uh, it's done in a very cartoonish way. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of like video game references and stuff like that. But I think there is a, a, a fairly serious and in some ways even dark kind of contemplation here. Part of this is about, you know, you, you go out, you get, you grow up, you get an education, you graduate high school. Mm-hmm. Your first job is never what you think it's going to be. Sure. Yeah. And, and you got to find a way to connect with life, find meaning in your life, even when you feel disconnected from it. And right. so I think that kind of meta-narrative is at play throughout all of the wackiness and zaniness that's going on. So, yeah, but it's, no, it is not a Soylent Green as people uh, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> is it a, a humorous book mostly, or uh, is, it, is it as dramatic as well? I, I, I think it's kind of both. Okay. I think I think it's kind of, I think there are definitely funny moments. I think there are definitely more serious, darker moments. Mm-hmm. I think, but I do think that overall the book is a lot of fun. Well, what, what I find interesting, I mean, just from what you've been describing so far, is that you guys don't stick with one genre, which, yeah. which is probably a... Hello. <laughs> uh, that's been happening all week. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's the domino we, effect. You're, you're right. You're right by the uh, the please buy your passes now, so you don't have to wait online and uh, online. It's and, definitely clear to me that some yeah. people bought a ticket to this show so that they could buy tickets for another show. I admit that I I did go buy my pass for New York Comic Con, but that's yeah. only because I might not wind up as press. Please, yeah. come on, come yeah. on, please. You but, were saying uh, about yeah. moving genres, D- different different genres. I think yeah. it's actually a good idea for yeah. specifically indies to yes. uh, to be unique unique in your styles yeah I think so I mean what we were really intentional about Brad and I uh, was creating a body of work Uh um, so that rather than having a portfolio of kind of a hodgepodge of you know like different images and we said let's no let's not our portfolio will be finished books but let's show people what we can really do so we've got books in black and white in full color palette books in different formats of different lengths Mm -hmm. and so I mean, part of what you're picking up on is was something that we did on purpose. So that's, that's nice to hear. That's, that is good to hear. And uh, and Kickstarter, I guess, has been treating you pretty well, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I think collectively between our two campaigns, we've raised a little over forty thousand dollars. Wow, which has funded the printing of all of our books, helps us get on the road to shows like New York. Absolutely. Um, and it's been also been great to connect with people. We often get invited to speak at comic book conventions, Wizard World, C2E2, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. to talk about crowdfunding right. and to talk about Kickstarter. And I think people are really interested in how that works. People have been worrying about Kickstarter being oversaturated, like too many people going towards it and, uh, yeah. and trying to uh, you know, basically essentially do everything yeah. that they could possibly crowdsource. Do you think that's going to be an issue with Kickstarter to come? I, you know, It's certainly the case that um, when we first Kickstarted Chinatown and even in 2012, it wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. There was it, uh, Kickstarter was even a different landscape then. Yeah, I do think it is. I mean, you're definitely in more competition now. There are more projects out there. Right. Um, but I, you know, I actually don't think competition is that bad of a thing. Right. Um, I, I think, I think you need to work hard to stand out to let backers know, you know, more about your project and to get some confidence from your investors so they know what you're doing. But that's always been the name of the game. So sure. I, yeah. I, I do think that the, the popularity. That, yes. And, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, it, it cuts both ways, right? I mean, the more projects there are, it also means that Kickstarter is becoming more and more common. And so there are more people looking for projects to back. So, yeah. you know, there's an advantage to it as well. So I'm, I personally am not terribly worried about it. Mm-hmm. And for now, I say, you know, the more projects out there that bring more people 
to the Kickstarter table that right. takes some of the the fear or the trepidation out of backing a, a, a project, Absolutely. the better for us. So I, I think it's actually, it's, it's all right. Plus, most importantly, you're actually putting out your product. Yeah, that's which, right. Which is something that, uh, as someone who has used Kickstarter, yeah. does not always happen right away. Allergies, allergies, yeah. I think what I would say, I mean, one of the things we always say when we, get, when we host a panel or give a, a talk about Kickstarter yeah. is to say, one of the advantages of comic books is, for the most part, the startup cost of creating the product is fairly low. It's right. the distribution that's high. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that it varies depending on your precise medium, but for the most part, you're you're paying for pencils and paper and right. ink. Whatever work you do on a computer, presumably you already own. Sure. Um, it's different than shooting a movie where the startup cost is high. Absolutely. So what I say to folks who are interested in kickstarting a comic book is... Step number one is not Kickstarter. Step number one is making the comic book. Oh, yeah. And then when the book is near completion, Kickstart it, so their turnaround time for your backers is very low. I mean, we, yeah. we met backers here in New York who came by earlier. Uh-huh. We gave them their rewards right here at the table. There you go. Everybody else, their books are in the mail or it's going to be very soon. So, yeah. yeah, I think you're right that one of the things that makes backers a little leery is when they hear these horror stories of, I backed a project yeah. six years later, <laughs> haven't ever heard anything from the guy you know, and that, and those actually—that's what I'm worried about. I'm not really worried that there's too many successful projects. I'm yeah. worried that we might get flooded with a bunch of flop projects where people are like, yeah. you know, there's what insurance do I have that anyone will actually follow through in creating what I've paid them to do? And, mo- and most importantly, if you're going to ship overseas, research that shit really, really yeah, carefully before right. you put your prices out there. I think that's right. Because yeah. they will go up and down. It's okay if you go slightly over even. Yeah. Because you never know what inflation is going to wind yeah. up uh, happening. That's now. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things I noticed about Monkey Fist in particular is that it's locally sourced. It's that's a- right. Yeah. So I think most of our colleagues are printing overseas these days. Mm-hmm. They're printing over um, in China. And I think without question that will almost always be cheaper depending on the quantity you're printing but but Brad and I really enjoy printing locally I think mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons one is just as a as a question of quality control it's really great that as comic artists we have such a hand in the printing process right. you know um, you can go into the printer physically mm-hmm. and you kind of you know and we're kind of nerds about these things you'll be like well I, I don't know this is eight pound paper maybe a little too thin I, yeah. I want more of a matte finish and, and, and like that kind of hands on approach to creating your own books uh-huh. is really helpful it's also really helpful um, when you have to troubleshoot because that will always always happen yeah. That will always happen. I remember when Apocalypse Man was coming out, mm-hmm. there was a jam with our printer, and uh, it wasn't ready for the show. Right. And our, our guys are really, really great. They paid for a courier to just deliver it to the show. Oh, wow. So we were sitting at our table at the McCormick Place in Chicago at yeah. C2E2, right. and uh, boxes of Apocalypse Man arrived. Oh, my God. That's um, awesome. And so actually, let me plug our printer. If you're yeah. ever interested in printing... Um, out of the Midwest, out of Chicago. Look up um, some guys, and they're called Concord Printing. Okay, cool. They're really, really good. They do yeah. not only comic books, but also um, other formatted uh, magazines mm-hmm. and books, banners, you name it, they do it, Sweet. and they're aces to work with. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, paper stock is really important, because one of the is. things that uh, uh, yeah. Chris and I, we, 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 were, we were on the floor earlier, we saw yeah. this uh, reprinting they did of the uh, Marvel Man classics oh, that Marvel did. It. They're like newspaper. Yeah. Like you pick it up, it's a hardcover, yeah. and it's like it has no weight to it, no right. heft to it whatsoever. So you yeah. know that you might very well wind up like tearing every page as you, yeah. as you pass it. I think that. Uh, oh, yeah, I think that. I mean, I think what the, the trick is for us is picking the right vehicle for the story you're telling. Right. So, like for Chinatown, we we have paper that is so thick. Actually, in retrospect, it may be a little too much because, <laughs> but we wanted it to have a weight to it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. But for Apocalypse Man, because it is a throwback mm-hmm. book, we actually went to our printer and said. 
what is the cheapest paper we can print this on? We want it to feel like these old pulpy, kind of like what you right. said. And one thing great working with the local guys, they can work work through it with you. They can right. say, look, I can print it on newsprint, but it's going to smudge. Yeah. And so we backed off and said, okay, give us the thinnest paper that won't smudge. Right. And so that lets us pick the right type of paper mm-hmm. for the right story. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, I realized that and we sell our books digitally as well, yeah. but we think of those as derivative of the physical copies. Absolutely, yeah. At the end of the day, most comics is a tactile reading experience. Yeah. And so the book in your hands, the turning it of the pages, yeah. right? these are narrative devices yeah. for us as comic book storytellers. And so it's really, really great to be able to control some of that process. You're not the first creator to say that specifically about printing because no. uh, uh, actually, Raph, you might remember this at Super Show uh, when Katie Cook uh, was talking about yeah. it. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. Katie Cook uh, also sources her books locally yeah. and actually gets to go in there, see the process happen, and, yes. and you know make sure that everything looks good before it goes to full print. Yeah. No, yeah. I, that's a really gratifying experience. I see why she and others would do that, yeah. and but I also understand financial constraints. I think that yeah. ultimately, if you're creating comics, you need to weigh the pros and cons, because they're out there. I mean, they exist, right? right. There's no clear, obvious answer here. Yeah. Um, but you just, it, the name of the game, I think, is being intentional yeah. about what it is you're trying to accomplish. Totally. So uh, get, give information on your websites and where Absolutely. other people can find Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You can find all of our books on sunbrostudios.com. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on Twitter or Facebook. That's a great way to connect with us. The primary way to get our stuff is to go through our website. Yeah. Um, we also have a Gumroad site, Sunbros, where you can order our books. Um, and the other way, of course, is to meet us in person. So on our website, there's a list of all the different conventions we're doing for the rest of the year. Awesome. If you're going to be at one of them, let us know. Drop us a line. Stop by our table. Let us know. We'd love to talk. You're going to be in New York in uh, October. I don't know if we're going to make it back for New York in, Oct- uh, in October. Yeah. We'll have to see about that. It's it's hard to do two shows in New York. It is. Uh, when you're not it a is. Local. It yeah. is. But we will. But we'll see. All right. We'll see. Cool. Well, I'll be there, and hopefully, I'll see you somewhere down the road, man. That'd be great, Ian. Thanks all so much. Right. No problem. Uh, and uh, we will be back here at uh, Special Edition NYC one way or the other. I flooped the pig. No! We continue here at Special Edition NYC. I have to say it in that voice every single time for some reason. I'm here with Grant and Sam Ellis, uh, who uh, do RCS comic, and uh, from the looks of things, Sam's got Adventure Time and Bravest Warriors under his belt. Hey, how you guys doing? Fantastic. Sam-tastic. Even better. <laughs> How's the weekend been going for you guys here at uh, Special Edition? This weekend's been great. Uh, yeah, no, the weekend's been really good uh, so far. The fans have been great. The show's been nice. I apologize. I had a tight grip on his testicles, but finally let go. No, it's been a great convention so far. Yeah. Um, you know, New York's been very kind to us. We've New Jersey hasn't been kind no, to New us. No, New Jersey hasn't been kind New Jersey! That's, been, that's a story for another time, oh but, uh, you know, you bring in a couple comics, and they think they're drugs. Ugh. They are as addictive, though. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, you, that usually only happens when you come in from Canada. Well, you know, um, focusing on the convention, though, you know, it's, been a, it's just been a great crowd. You know, we've had a, we've been able to give a lot of feedback to some up-and-coming artists. Awesome. We've been able to mingle with some excellent people in the media, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been able to connect with the fans. Fantastic. And uh, so... Tell us a little bit about RCS Comic first. Uh, I, I know that you guys also happen to be uh, podcasters in your own right, so uh, tell us a little bit about what goes on there. All right, RCS Comic is a weekly webcomic where one panel gets published a week. Yeah. At the end of each chapter, we do a printed run of the comic in uh, book format. Mm-hmm. And throughout the week, in order to keep content going, we do interviews with uh, 
writers and artists for Image Comics, story artists for Pixar. Uh, we do analysis of the game industry. Um, since we come from a, a pretty uh, wide array of background in entertainment and media, yeah. um, we mostly just write about things we're interested in, you know, and it's just a great way to keep connection from the convention sure. to the digital world. Right, and, uh, and it's a good way to, uh, I guess, keep content flowing even when there's, uh, there's no uh, new comic for you. Absolutely. Yeah, nice. Uh, how, how long has that been running now? Uh, since February, I think it started around Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. Cool. Nice. This is a soft launch this year. Like we're uh, we're not really doing a hard push. We just we put it out there. We're just slowly building the content, kind of letting people know casually at these yeah. conventions. Hard then, pushes can be painful. So yeah. Well, the hard push. That's why we drink a lot of fluids. <laughs> keep things loose. <laughs> Gotta keep constant <laughs> lubrication. Gotta keep right. things regular. That's right. You exercise a little. You eat your fruit in the morning. You drink lots of juice. Follow those Hulk Hogan rules of life, and everything will be fine. That's right, brother. <laughs> Steroids, brother. <laughs> so, so Sam, you've got you've got some Adventure Time and Bravest Warriors under your belt too, from the looks of it here. Uh, just in the uh, comics, or uh, or the uh, the animation as well. So I, I don't do the animation with the Bravest Warriors and with Adventure Time, uh, but I do. I almost said do do, <laughs> but I do also work with Frederator Books, mm-hmm. which is uh, another part of Frederator Studios. Right. Uh, I'm kind of a freelancer guy that shows up and does artwork for them okay. via the internet. So I've I've got some things that I can't talk about, but I can talk about all the cat bug books that I've been working on. So those have been really fun. You can see the majority of those at FrederatorBooks.com. Cool. How, how much leniency are you allowed uh, when it, when it comes to the comic side? I mean, obviously there's a, there's a house style to the animation. Well, <laughs> Boom has their own rules, but more so they have uh, certain licensing rules sure. with uh, Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. and um, you know they're really protective of their properties. So there's things that you want to meet. Uh, I lucked out in being able to to draw these guys in a way that Cartoon Network uh, approved my stuff uh-huh. really quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Uh, it's not the way I draw all the time, but I like to draw that way. So. That, that's kind of important, as long as you like drawing yeah. it. Yeah, you, you don't want it to be a chore. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Grant, what, what, else, what else do you got uh, going for you? Well, I'm producing a movie with a budget of about $7 million. Right now, we're still in uh, the casting phase. Ooh. Yeah, I've, I've been working in motion pictures and television for a little under a decade now, but... Uh, you know, right now we're putting together a slate of about 10 pictures that will roll out over the next five years. Cool. And uh, the one that I'm spearheading is a $7 million suspense thriller that we'll be shooting in Oregon. Fantastic. Uh, does it have a name? There's a working title called Deep in the Forest, okay. a.k.a. 3D Bigfoot movie. Nice. It's a working title. <laughs> That's the surprise. Bigfoot is in the movie. Oh, no. Spoilers. Well, the actual Bigfoot. We found the guy. Oh, fantastic. Nice. Are his feet as big as you would think? They're actually quite petite. Ah, how disappointing. <laughs> but that's that's pretty awesome, man. I mean, I mean, uh, work, working with a budget like that uh, in, in movies and just working in movies in general, it's got to be uh, sort of a lifelong dream for you there. It's not as much a dream as it's, it's what I kind of feel like the calling is. You know, it, it's right. one of those, it's... It's what clicks. Gotcha. I've done a lot of different jobs, but producing uh, features is really just its what my natural thing's at. 
That works. That certainly works. Real quick, real quick over to you, Sam. I mean, talking about TV and uh, movies, you got Archer under your belt as well here, I see. Oh, my God, this last season. <laughs> Archer Vice, I felt, was such a great way to revitalize the show in a lot of ways. Yep. <laughs> I know it wasn't exactly a, 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 a question. A question there. I'm just saying, like, man, it's been it's been freaking amazing. I, I love what's been going on there. Those guys have been doing a really good job. You know, I I left the show after season one. Uh-huh. You know, the designing portion to me was kind of done. You know, the style right. had been set for the show, sure. and I went off. But those guys are doing a really great job. Uh, they're being super entertaining and. Uh, you know, going and, and taking it the vice direction. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice that they're going to be heading back to the office and getting back to those antics that we grew to love at the beginning. But, uh, you know, man, what a brave, bold decision to go off in such a crazy direction. Throwing the book out the window entirely. Yeah. yeah. So give everybody uh, uh, any other websites uh, other than rcscomic.com uh, where they can find out about your stuff and uh, go from there. To, they could go to manofmisley.com. That's M-A-N-O-F-M-I-S-S-L-E.com. And also, well, you said the RCS Comic. I don't know, Facebook, LinkedIn. If they go to rcscomic.com, the top bar has a ton of like links that they can just click on to, to keep abreast of what's going on. Cool. Uh, Grant, any other information you got uh, web-wise or uh, same old? Well, my home address and phone number are... Okay, good. Let's Everybody get a pen and paper. Go ahead. No, the best way to get a hold of me is just uh, follow on the site at rcs.comic.com. I'm also available on Facebook, Grant Ellis. Um, look for the chap living in Virginia. And... Uh, you know, the other way to get a hold of me is just shoot me an email at grecinema at gmail.com. Uh, whether you're looking for feedback on your films, you have questions about getting your films financed, if you're wondering how to get in contact with actors you'd like to cast, right. um, I'm always willing to offer some free advice. Fantastic. Well, uh, well, thanks, guys, for uh, joining us here on Comic Timing, and uh, enjoy tomorrow. As uh, I have a feeling it's going to be kind of crazy since it's a two-day con. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> always exciting. You never... You never know what Sunday will bring. Mm-hmm. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's comic book mania. Mania, mania, mania. Mania. Sounds to me like you're scared, Boulder. The Boulder's over his conflicted feelings, and now he's ready to bury you in a rock avalanche. Brains. Brains. Why not? Well, it makes sense. I mean, you know, you're, you got you got you got Mice Templar, you got Furious. Next, it'll be the zombie corpse of Brian J. L. Glass running around causing destruction. Oh, oh, so so we are live. Yeah, we are. We are oh, now. Oh, 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 was all my groans? No, no, no. We missed most of that. <laughs> oh, then there's room for me to repeat them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Boy, now I got that out of my system. What's hey. the question? Hi, buddy. Hi, you're my favorite. <laughs> oh, oh, shucks. When when when, la- when last we spoke, Furious had yet to launch. Now Furious has launched. So, how's life now? Oh, life is awesome. It's furiously awesome. Ah, yes, yes. You yeah. made a joke about the title. Yes, yeah, indeed, indeed. I'm clever that way. Yes. I, I I write funny books. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so all, all's all's good in the land of Furious. Huh? Uh, the, thus far, we just completed our first arc, mm-hmm. and uh, the book was received uh, very, very well. Nice. Uh, our positive reviews 
far exceeded our negative reviews, and most of the negative That's... reviews were silly. It, it, I didn't like the color of her hair. I, I, I thought it could have been a darker blonde, and because of that, I give it a zero out of four. Not even a five, because I can't count the five. Yeah, uh, there, 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 there was two reviews in particular. I, I, I don't want to direct no, them no, in no, their no. way. Please, please, please. They, they, they were, they were fairly. Uh, you know who you are. Yeah, they, they, they were humorously offensive. <laughs> You're, you're completely off target and wrong about my book, but wow. hey, I'm doing an interview here. I, you should actually put that on the next sign, like, furiously offensive. I, I, I like that. I like that. Nice. Uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, someone just, oh, this was great. Tony Isabella uh-huh. just, just described it as, I brought something original and enticingly disturbing. Ooh, okay, I like uh, that. And, and he was very favorable, I very like high that. on the book. Thanks, that's... Tony, if you're listening. Yeah. Awesome. That's good, that's good. But, uh, yeah, yeah, thorough, but now i got to figure out a way that I can utilize thoroughly hmm. disturbing. No, no, what did I just say? Enticingly <laughs> Enticing, disturbing. Enticingly disturbing, yeah. Yes. Sue, Brian, when, when, when last we spoke, uh, Furious was still uh, in the uh, in the coffer, as it were, it was yet to actually be released, and there was still some secrecy as to what the book was going to be about. That's right. It ain't so secret no more. That's right. Yeah, uh, the uh, the the big reveal at the end of issue one mm-hmm. is uh, who our heroine actually is yes. uh, within the confines of her story, mm-hmm. and we wanted to be able to preserve that surprise yeah. Yeah. for people reading issue number one. Right. So the book is not about the surprise, mm-hmm. but we just we had to promote the book for six months. Yeah. Uh, not not lying about the book, just not but, giving it away. Yeah, yeah, just not telling people what the book is actually about, right. which was really hard. <laughs> uh, so, so the book is actually about. Yeah, so what the book is really about? A furious the the superhero who is dubbed furious by the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, uh, she's a former child star. Mm-hmm who has grown up to become one of those tabloid trash, crash-and-burn celebrities right. that we all like to despise and make jokes about. and Ride uh, wrecking balls, those sort of things. Ride wrecking ball, exactly. Yeah. And they become the punchline right. of the late-night talk show jokes yeah. and uh, or hosts. Sure. And uh, she acquires superpowers yep. and looks in the mirror and goes, oh my God, I've become a monster. And somehow believes that superpowers will be her path to redemption. But the dilemma is, although there's a desire to change, she really is still that person she was. Trying desperately not to be. Acknowledging the flaws, but perpetuating them nonetheless. Hijinks ensue. Well, it's, I mean, it's one of the oldest uh, stories in the book, too. You know, it's people that might have started off on the wrong path trying to right themselves slowly but surely so that they themselves can look themselves in the mirror in the morning. You know, yeah, it's that the, sort of thing. Yeah, the, the classic redemption right. tale Absolutely. is what Furious really is. Yeah. And it's it ends up being very uh, complicated in the sense that before she had superpowers... Mm-hmm. She used to try to destroy her enemies by ruining careers. Yeah. I mean, she was that much of a vindictive, spiteful bitch. Right. And now... Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now she literally has the power to destroy people. Yeah. 
And she what do you do with that? Yeah, yeah. She doesn't want to be that person anymore, and right. that's why she never set out to call herself furious. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be the beacon, right? And she gets dubbed furious by the media, who basically judge her by her behavior because she is still that angry little girl yeah. who grew up totally not in control of her own life to grow up into one of these angry, spiteful, uber-rich celebrities that, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're train wrecks in the making. You know, you, you say this, and I can't help but immediately remember Scarlet Spider. When Scarlet Spider was introduced in the comics, he didn't want to be called Scarlet Spider, but... The Daily Bugle came out with their copy after he appeared, and he started being called the Scarlet Spider. And before you knew it, people on the street would call him the Scarlet Spider, and then people that he would walk past would call him the Scarlet Spider. People he would say, call him the Scarlet Spider. I don't want to be called the Scarlet Spider. Too freaking bad. You're the Scarlet Spider. And that's how furious. (laughs) Yeah, although uh, one of the other themes that uh, uh, plays out in Furious is this idea of... um, women being labeled Mm -hmm. and so the moment like she wants to be the beacon right but she's not acting like the beacon she's acting furious and so a male reporter has dubbed her furious right and so then that becomes one of the dilemmas the moment she just passively accepts the label the media has given her yeah uh, on one level, thematically, that sends a bad message. Of course. That, uh, wow, so my empowered woman mm-hmm. ultimately has to succumb. Right. So how she chooses to deal with the dilemma mm-hmm. of uh, her original name not being the name she becomes known as, yeah. how she chooses to fight the media That's becomes one something. of the themes yeah. of the story. Yeah. So I don't want to give anything well, away. And, and you don't want to give it anything away either because I've read issue one and I have two, three, and four sitting there waiting to be read still. So it's a shock to me too. So there you go. And as you leave this interview, you're getting <laughs> issue five. <gasps> Gasp! Dun, dun, dun! Huzzah! Yay! All right. Because that's how we roll. That's how we roll, yo. Well, maybe if there's, I don't know, maybe if there's more Furious eventually, then maybe you can, uh, I don't know, I mean, maybe. maybe. Uh, yeah, well, right now we're uh, we're waiting on the first trade collection, mm-hmm. which will uh, be in the very next previews catalog, awesome. post-New York Comic Con. Hey, it's special edition special NYC. Special edition NYC. Hey, 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 it's not October yet. Come okay, on. Okay, okay. <laughs> but by New York in the fall, for, for September, the first trade collection will be out. Awesome. And we're essentially just waiting for uh, Dark Horse to give the green light to Volume 2. Because I have a, a lot more tales to tell. Is the collection hardcover or soft? Uh, soft. Okay, soft. cool. What, I, what I'd like to do is... Uh, eh, no, I won't give that away. All right. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. Keeping it close to the vest. Nice, nice. Well, I, that's good, though, because... I, I, I kind of get fr- that's actually one of the reasons that I didn't buy certain books on the uh, fours. Like I hate it when I go from like soft cover to hardcover, soft cover to hardcover. Uh-huh. You know, it, it becomes a pain in the ass. Like it looks so weird on the shelf. Like for the obsessive compulsives, it's difficult. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I, uh, I I try to keep all mine in in order down. In, I mean, my obsessive compulsives. Yes. I try to keep them 
chained in, in <laughs> down in the basement in, 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 the, pro- proper in the proper order. order. Yes. yes Excuse yes, me, I, you have my steeper. <laughs> each, each one of them has been diagnosed, <laughs> and uh, so we categorize them by diagnoses. Nice, nicely done, nicely done. And uh, and and mice Templar, uh, that, that that other book you do. Yes. How's that coming? Mice Templar is uh, is kicking ass right now. We we are in the the true uh, home stretch. Yep. Uh, issue 11 is coming out the Wednesday right after. Awesome. And that's 11 out of 19. Wow. Home stretch indeed. Home stretch. Yeah. And uh, our next hardcover, we're hoping in time for New York in the fall. Okay. And then there'll be the climactic hardcover, the true ending. Uh, nice. Next year. The true the ending. The true ending. <laughs> Oh, and uh, since since we're talking, uh, yeah. um, can I like talk about uh, uh, CBR Comic Book Resources? No, no, you on can't. On your show? No, no, you can't. No, well, I'm no. going to. All right, well, I'm good. The guy being interviewed. Fine, fine. Talk about <laughs> it. Go ahead. See if I can. Come on. <laughs> so, Comic Book Resources. How yeah, about that? Yeah, very cool. Yes, I'm giving them plugs. Very nice. important. Yes. No, but uh, issue twelve. Uh-huh. Our Mice Templar Legend mm-hmm. issue twelve okay. is entitled "The Charge." Mm-hmm. And we are doing something so unique in that issue that CBR is doing a special issue profile. Oh, wow. Where they are chronicling the entire creation from script through final production. Wow. Interviewing everyone on the team. So sort of like a documentary on web. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, we're giving them exclusive access to uh, all the stages of production. That's really cool. Because what we are creating is that original and unique. Wow. So Beyonce's in it. Uh, that, that would be telling. <laughs> She's not in it, okay? You didn't hear those words come out of my mouth. She's not in the damn book. But that's 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 really cool, man. You you are you are revolutionizing things. Uh, that's the hope. Yeah. Maybe. Come on, buy my book. Buy my book. <laughs> buy my book. I wonder why people get so bothered by that. And that's why nobody here has standees that say that. That's right. That's right. It's just our, our, our sparkling personalities. Fantastic. Fantastic. So look for issue 12. It will blow your minds and probably your ear holes. July 30th. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, any, anything else uh, that, that I'm not aware of? No. Well, we, we were we were joking about zombie stuff, and uh-huh. there just might be something zombie-ish Uh-oh. in the pipeline. Oh, boy. But I can't talk any more about that. This is the, the trotting dead. The, uh, the, 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 bris- the briskly jogging dead. <laughs> and uh, there's something else entirely. <laughs> entirely. These, these zombies are going to fly. No, but the Z will be in the title. Oh, good. All right, good. Oh. Ooh. Okay, never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I knew it, but then I didn't. <laughs> you, you might, but then again, maybe you don't. Well, look forward to it, and maybe he'll be able to talk about it come October. Yeah, there's actually, uh, I'm, I'm, having a, I'm having a telephone confab about it on Wednesday. Fantastic. So we'll see what happens. We'll awesome. see what emerges from the wreckage. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, where are you going to be next after this? Uh, one week from this show, I'm at the incredible Heroes Con Ooh. in Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice. One of the best shows of the year. Yeah, I, I someday I will make it there. Someday. It's, it's worth making yeah. the hike. Yeah, I will. I will uh, hope. Maybe even next year. I'll, I'll see how my schedule works out one way or the other. Okay. I always hear good things about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good show. Yep. And we're, we're rooming with our excellent uh, pals, uh, 
Adam Withers and Comfort Love? Never heard of them. No, no don't say ne- that. Ne- never heard of them. Okay, I have right. no idea who you're talking about. Well, then I'm, we're rooming with these total strangers. Good. It's going to be that's, an awesome weekend. That's fine. Yes, Adam, you can hit me for that one. That's fine. See, that's, that's what us cool comic <laughs> kids do. We all we go to these shows and we hang out together and we chill and it's Crazy awesome cats. times. Yes, yep. indeed. And many awesome times to come. Uh, Baltimore after that. Yeah, uh, there will be Baltimore. Nice. I will also be... Uh, Local to the Philadelphia region, there's a... um the Allentown. Great Allentown Comic Con. Yeah, CGS talks about that every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So I'm, yeah, I will be at the at the Great Allentown Comic Con, where they're also going to have a Nicholas Brendan and uh-huh. a couple of the Power Rangers. Nice. And oh, look on the card. Ooh. There, Brian J. O. Glass, Furious. Never heard of them. Never I them. will be there, and it's worth nice. your coming out to. Fantastic. Make the trek to Allentown. July twelfth, AllentownComicCon.com. That's right. Oh, That's yeah, you know how plug. to do a plug. Bada boom. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's why I'm on this side of the uh-huh. You're damn right. I've been doing this too long. <laughs> give, give, give your website and various places people can find you. Oh, always. you can hunt me down on the internet like the dog I am Whoa. quite easily. Uh-huh. And uh, I am uh, at www.brianjlglass.com. Mm-hmm. You can also find me on Facebook yep. at Brian JL Glass mm-hmm. and on Twitter mm-hmm. at BJLG. Yep. And uh, yeah, all of my, my books. Mice Templar has Facebook and Twitter. Yes, it do. And Furious has Facebook and Twitter. It sure do. Track us all down. Track them down like the dog you are. <laughs> yeah, and some of us even follow back. <laughs> Brian, always a pleasure, my friend, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Keep it awesome. This is great. Yeah, you damn right I'll keep it awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? 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 What are you going to say about that? What? 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 Bye. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed the interviews uh, that we had. It was a good time here at Special Edition NYC. I'm only here for one day because I was just testing the crowd out. So uh, maybe next year, if they have it again, we'll be here for both days. We'll see. But uh, I guess it really depends on how much programming is available. Before we finish, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Uh Happy birthday, Brian Glass. Uh Happy birthday to you. Candles. Where's the woman jumping out of the cake? Well, we didn't want to burn the place down, so yeah. You know. Oh, no, it's one implication about my age is that. Thank you very much. No problem. The email address for Comic Timing is comictiming at gmail.com. Don't forget to check us out at Facebook, facebook.com slash comic timing. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network over at comicspodcast.com and the League of Comic Book Podcast over at comicbooknoise.com slash league. Rap, thanks for joining us. Oh, anytime. Chris, thanks for joining us. I'm hungry. Me too. And as always, there's always time for comics.
Hi, have a beautiful time.